When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for a podcast where the hosts keep it real? Then add the Let's Get Cancel podcast to your playlist. This is the official podcast of your host, Casual Ninja. Join Ninja and his co-host as they discuss all kinds of topics. They discuss dating, current events, life in New York City, and a whole lot more. But be warned, Let's Get Cancel is extremely entertaining. The Let's Get Cancel podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Amazon Music, Amazon Audible, Google podcast overcast breaker radio public and pocket cast add the let's get canceled podcast to your playlist right now let's get canceled podcast yeah what's up everybody this is let's get canceled podcast with casual ninja and bowen trucker what it do people know what i mean yeah it should be a fun episode today we're going to talk about the zombie apocalypse is it real? And how would you handle yourself in that real like uh predicament? Facts, but like, but, but I want I want our listening viewers to not just think about it as just like you know the zombie apocalypse. Let's just let's just we're gonna start with the zombie apocalypse. We what I want to want us to transition to is a global catastrophe and how you would handle that. Are you prepared right now for something like that to happen? Mm. I think people in a third world country are better prepared than people in a first world country because they still know how to farm and do all that natural shit like we don't know how to do in the first world country. All we do is go to the supermarkets and shit. All right. You might have a point. So let's 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 let, I'm gonna get, let me rock you with this scenario right now, fam. Right now we're on the East Coast. So the time right now is 1130. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's say the, the zombie, the the. the the living dead apocalypse happened right now. Okay. Which means just, I mean, we, matter of fact, worldwide, all of the dead are able to escape their crypts, their grave sites. Okay. So let's say right now, all of the dead have come up out of their graves, crypts, and they're now roaming the streets looking for something that brothers be looking for in the wreck. Brains. Uh, I see what you did there. Okay. <clears throat> so, what do you think your personal survivability would be? Oh, I know how to fight. Especially something like the dead and crap. So, I've had to like, defend myself for using any type of weapon. I mean, that's easy. So, people would just use me as a, as a fighter. As a fighter? Yeah. Okay, so you believe that you would you would be able to survive? Yeah. All right, what factors are you putting in play there? Well, I mean, my regular everyday um, survival skills is just being in the hood, you know, growing up in the hood. But, All I, right. you know. Let me look at it. Let me put it to you like this. What's the closest graveyard to you? Well, I don't think that's easier on Jackie Robinson. How far is that? I have 10-minute drive from here. <laughs> All right, so 10 minutes away from you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's right off of the Jackie Robinson Expressway, right? Mm-hmm. You've been on that before, right? Of course. Is it not bananas? Well, I say that graveyard is huge. Right, but I'm saying the highway, the expressway, the Jackie Robinson Expressway. Mm-hmm. Have you been on that before? Yeah. Is it not a bananas drive to be on it in general? Of course. All right, I would say that drive is similar to being on the FDR, right? Mm-hmm. So you said the, the the cemetery itself is huge, right? Yeah. So what would you estimate the amount of living dead would come up out of that graveyard? Mm, I'm going to say at least a couple of thousand. Just a couple thousand? Just from that one? Yeah. I'm going to say at least 5,000 more. 5,000 more. All right. We're going to use that number, 5,000. Mm-hmm. So let's say those 5,000 migrate to the Jackie Robinson Highway. Expressway. Mm-hmm. Said it was 10 minutes away from you, right? 
how much traffic do you think that would jack up? Oh, a whole bunch of traffic. How many people do you think would make it out of that traffic jam? Not understanding what's really going on. Uh, a small few who are coherent, who you know that they see somebody getting bit or something like that. They're gonna leave their car, hit their kids. All right, so so five thousand, which is a small estimate, but I'm gonna work with that number. Five thousand come up out the graveyard. Let's say only a thousand make it onto the expressway. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's enough um, of the living dead to stop traffic in both directions? It can be, especially if you don't know what's going on. I'm talking stop traffic, like nothing's moving on either side. Yeah, I said I say to a degree, yeah. All right, so we got a thousand on that expressway. Mm-hmm. Within an hour's time, what do you think that thousand would multiply into? Or do a little traffic jam wise or just more zombies? Well, the zombie, the, the living dead is gonna create more living dead, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so if they stop traffic in both directions. And only a few people are aware of what's going on. How many more living dead would be walking around looking for brains? I said a couple hundred just from that traffic alone. So now you got that thousand plus the the extra hundred. All right. So would it be fair to say out of that thousand, you got another fifteen hundred? Mm-hmm. All right. Now New York, ironically, is a state where you can't carry firearms, right? Yeah. So most of the combat would have to be hand-to-hand. You know, you know, bats, knives, but you do got people who don't, they don't care what the rules are, you know, they still got guns. Yeah, but you can't say that you got that many people that got guns. I'm pretty so sure out of those 1,500, mm-hmm. you might have 100 people that got guns. And let's sure. say they all got handguns. Let's say they all got 9 millimeters with 17 rounds in. Mm-hmm. That's still not enough to take out what's coming at you. Nope, it helps. It helps, but when you consider the chaos that's going to ensue, and when you consider what we've seen in movies, you often don't hear The Walking Dead coming towards you. In the show Walking Dead, you actually do hear them. (laughs) Say that again? In the show Walking, Walking Dead, you actually do hear them. Oh, and you've been watching this for how long? I've seen all 11 seasons. And you always hear them coming? For the most part. Because they make that, that hissing sound when they really? walk. At least in that show. We're talking about one show, but from the majority of the shows, you hear them when they're in groups. Yeah. So when you add all the background noise to New York City, Brooklyn, again, I ask you, do you actually hear them coming? Well, no, you you, you won't because all the noise and people got their headphones in and all type of things you got to account for. So, yeah. Well, now, when you consider how many dope fiends or heavy drug users are around, are you readily going to be able to notice a dope fiend from The Walking Dead before they walk up on you? Not necessarily. Okay. So we got a couple of factors we're working with right now. Mm. Now, what does it take for the walking dead, the living dead to make you the living dead. Well, obviously you got to get bit by them. Okay. A bite or sometimes depending, I've even seen a scratch happen. Yeah. Okay. So you said I, out of the thousand that make it to the expressway, they would then turn 1500, another 500 people into the living dead. Mm-hmm. And how long you think that would take an hour, two hours, three hours? Take maybe two Two hours, three hours max. Okay, so now it's one thirty. You've got fifteen hundred that just made it to the highway. What do you say about the other four thousand? Where'd they go? I guess into the neighborhood. Okay, so how many people you think those three thousand, those four thousand, would get to? In the neighborhood, no, it'd be catastrophic, though. <laughs> Okay. Be catastrophic from people who don't watch the news, from people who just in their own little world. It's just like, you know, you you always have that one out of ten who's gonna do something or who's gonna notice what's going on. All right, so let me ask you this from your personal experience. How often do you pay attention to when you get an emergency alert on your cell phone? All the all the time. That that citizen app stay on, yo. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about your citizen app, I'm talking about an like down here, if we if there's a, a um Amber Alert, mm. we get a notification. 
Yeah, me too. Okay, so there's also an emergency alert. Mm-hmm. So you pay attention to, but how many people do you honestly feel pay attention to that? Maybe three out of ten. So you're talking thirty percent of the people, right? Mm-hmm. That might be away. So would it be fair to say that those four thousand living dead would be victimizing seventy percent of the population in their immediate area? Yeah. Okay. So let's say in your area you've got five hundred thousand people, which is mm-hmm. realistic because we're talking New York City. Mm-hmm. Out of that five hundred thousand, let's say by three o'clock, three o'clock today, three hundred thousand of them are now walking dead as well. Mm-hmm. So you got three hundred thousand walking dead within a twenty mile radius. How fast do you think this was spread throughout the state? A couple of weeks. I'm thinking a matter of days. Because when you think about the amount of cemeteries that are in the area, like me, I got a cemetery that's about three miles away from me. It's a veteran cemetery. Mm-hmm. And that's off a major expressway. They call it 138. Major expressway. <clears throat> so if all of those came out onto the, to the highway, to the expressway at one time, again, it's going to stop traffic in both directions. True. Eventually, it's going to stop traffic that can get onto the expressway, which is near me, which is I-20. Eventually, that's going to stop traffic in both directions. Mm-hmm. So we're talking where I'm at. And where you at? And for the general population that's listening, I'm in Georgia. My man's in upstate somewhere, New York. Anywhere in New York. I wouldn't suggest coming to find us. It's not going to be a good look. But that's something else. That's something else. <laughs> Especially if you don't like what we talk about. You know, it's just just accept that everybody got an opinion. And if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to. So let's say that by this time next week, there's a heavy population of the walking dead because 500,000 is already a heavy population. Mm-hmm. You're still a survivor. You're still where you live. You still have utilities like light, water, heat. And the same goes for me. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it would last in your area? <sighs> well... Optimistically, hopefully a couple of weeks. Okay. I'm going to have to not agree with that. I'm just an estimate. I don't really know. Well, I gotta com- I'm got to. i comparing that to how fast this coronavirus spread. No, it spread extremely fast. Right. And we don't know who has it or how fast it is. And because of that, we don't know how fast it's actually spreading, right? All right. So imagine the majority of the people that end up getting bit or victimized by the walking dead don't necessarily look like the walking dead. So some of the characteristics of the recent walking dead is they don't lope around necessarily like older walking dead. They still have some agility. I'm not going to say they run but they still have some mobility, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said it would take a couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So of that initial 500,000, how many do you think would make it into the subway system? <sighs> thousands. Just thousands. And it would create, and how many more would it create? A hub. Thousands. It would be a hub. I wouldn't even think oh. about taking a subway. Right. Now let's talk about the buses. You already got traffic backing up. Bottom line is, if you ain't got a car, what are your chances of getting out of the hot zone? Uh, Very slim. I would be hijacking so many cars. Yeah, but even if you hijack, how far would you get? Well, I guess you wouldn't get far because of all the traffic. Jackie Robinson backed up. No traffic is moving either way. Yeah. Jackie Robinson leads on to other expressways, other highways. 
So given a four-week span, and that's being generous, you would have to say that all major roadways would be blocked. Uh, yeah, son. And we're not uh, talking about because the living dead has crowded it and nobody can move. We're talking about what traffic was on there has stopped. And whatever cars are in the front and in the in the front of that stoppage, everything behind it isn't isn't moving any anymore as well. Uh, real talk. Since so it's New York, my grand idea was to get off, get out the city. You know how? How? Tell 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 my tell our peoples how you would get out the city man, and I'm where in, you would go. I'm headed to the ferry, yo. And to the ferry, like for real. So I, so I go to Staten Island, head to a different state, whatever. All that shit. All right, well, Staten Island might be a good look, but you got to remember Staten Island has cemeteries as well. Yeah. So it might be an island uh, nation, so to speak, but you also have to take into account how much of the living dead has infected the population around it. And what types of shelter can you seek that are defendable from the living dead? So again, where would you go to? And and even if you do go to Staten Island, how would you get to the ferry? Shit, I might have to walk to the I might have to walk to the downtown Brooklyn, man. <laughs> All right, so you walking? What? How how much of the living dead do you think you would encounter? Oh, hundreds, man. Okay, so you're walking. What kind of weapon you got? Now, for everybody that's listening, my man, because he does ish the right way. He is legally armed properly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's take in some, some, some things to consideration there. The walking, the living dead are attracted by sound, right? Yeah. So even though you might walk out there with, with the with the nine, <laughs> how many rounds do you think you get off without attracting before you attract more living dead to your location? Ah. Uh. Oh, that's a hard, man. I'm pretty much fucked. <laughs> well, all right. I want you to, uh, to give you a clearer picture. Um, What does it look like in Times Square when the ball drops? Oh, man, you can barely move, man. Everybody got their mans down there. Okay, so just picture that you have to move through crowds like that. And the more noise you make, the more that you attract to you. So I ask you again. What weapons do you take in order to get to the Staten Island Ferry, hoping it's still running? I don't even know, bro. I'm going to say a bat. Anything that you can just swing, something. Okay. You ever play baseball? Yeah. All right. How long you play baseball? Not sure. No, just like a leisure thing. Nothing crazy. All right. I played baseball for four years. Didn't know that. Like league-wise. Play Little League. It was a fun time. Actually got a grand slam on Mother's Day. Go mommy. <laughs> but how many swings of that bat and how hard would you have to swing that bat to take the brain out? <sighs> Meaning, if you had 100 zombies in front of you, walking dead, <clears throat> how many times do you think you'd be able to swing that bat to blow their brain out to keep moving? Oh, man, I'll be exhausted by the first five, especially if I got a crowd next to me. So then how likely do you think your survival rate is? This is New York, very slim. Unless you, be, unless you do some clever shit to get around. Well, you just, just know, and I hope it's the same for me, that if I had to go upstate and I saw you walking around as a walking dead, I would take you out quick, fast. Because I wouldn't want to see you walking around like that. Well, I appreciate that. I guess that's a mercy killing. <laughs> it's a mercy killing, but see, you also got to factor in while you're trying to get to Staten Island. How many people do you know that you're going to see that look like the walking dead? And how long are you going to wait before you make the decision that this is from somebody that's just tired? Or they're actually the walking dead before you make take action on it? Oh, if they come near me, I'm going to assume you're a zombie. Unless you ain't screaming, unless you ain't coming to me screaming for help, whatever, then yeah. But if you want some chill shit, 
know what time it is, I'm like, I'm gonna just assume like you want my brain or some shit. <laughs> All right, so right now New York City has eight million people living it. Mm-hmm. Within a four week span of time, how how many of that eight million people do you think will still be alive? <sighs> I'm gonna say I I'm a I yeah maybe five hundred thousand. Wow, 500,000 out of 8 million. Yeah. So when you look at the odds, that means you got 500,000 versus 7.5 million walking dead in your area. Because besides the zombies, you have people stealing stealing food and everything. Oh, no, we didn't get to that part. (laughs) We're going to get to that part. But we're talking about 500,000 versus 7.5 million for survival. Those ain't really good odds, yo. So yeah. my next question is, if you live in a city anywhere in the world, what would you say your survive, their survival rate would be in a situation like that? Are they more likely to survive or might more likely to become part of the living dead? What, in a major city? Yeah. Major cities, now they, they got a good chance of becoming zombies. <laughs> It's only going to be a slim picking of people who's going to make it. All right, so the people that are able to make it, you touched on this earlier. What skills do they need to have in place to try to survive? Uh, farming, getting out to grow food, make no, food. No, I'm talking about just to get out of the, the area to someplace safe. What skills do they need to have? You got to be extremely clever. Think on your feet. Right. So what skills do they need to have in place? Survival skills. What are those survival skills? Let's just get get specific. I don't know. I, I guess no one to move, no one to strike, no one to uh, take action, no one to fall back. So, what weapons do you think they need to have? They would need a, a blunt instrument. That's it. Uh, anything that could be used as a weapon: knives, nails. All right. So you got a knife, right? Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. I'm gonna show you my knife. If I can find the damn thing. Oh, here we go. Hold on. Okay, you see my knife, right? Yeah. See how long that is? Mm-hmm. That's about four inches across. Would this knife work for you to stab into the head to kill a brain? In one person. Right, but you got to use it multiple times. So how many times do you think you can use it before it breaks? I would say once or twice. Okay, now why do you say once or twice? Because the cranium of of any human is extremely thick. Okay, well, well, let's say you got smart about this, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to drive through the, the hardest part of the head, you're looking to drive through the eyes and the ears, and mm-hmm. even the back of the skull. Mm-hmm. Again, how long do you think this will work? Stab in motion, thrust in motion, can't slash. I say, I say it'll take at least one. Okay. But it's like a one-time use type thing. So how many? How long would your blade have to be in order for it to be effective? Do mm. you think you need? Do you think a machete would work better? Hell yeah, a machete would work ten times better. Why? Because it's longer, more sharper, and you got distance between you and the person with that machete. All right. So with that machete, what kind of what, what are you aiming to, to to do to that living dead? You can slice the neck. You could try to chop off. No, nah, you can't slice the neck. You gotta take the head off. I mean, if, it, if they got swift like that, go <laughs> some some movie type shit. Okay, so it's you by yourself trying mm-hmm. to get to Staten Island. You got a machete, real sharp one. Even the point is sharp. How far you think you would get from your building, from where you live, to Staten Island? Before you need to hunker down somewhere. Well, I'm going to hunker down in Brooklyn way before I get to Staten Island, so. All right, so you, you got to travel with supplies, right? Yeah, yeah, but Supplies you're rolling with. 
Um, flashlight, uh, some water containers, um, some snacks if you can, some bullets, uh, a bat. You know. All right, so you got the nine with you, right? Yeah. Let's say you got your standard nine. 16, 15 in the clip, one in the head. So you got 16 rounds to use, right? And you figure your at your standard box of ammo comes with how many in? Box of fifty. Box of fifty. Mm-hmm. How many boxes do you feel comfortable with carrying? See three boxes. Three boxes. Mm-hmm. So you got 150 rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you got how many bottles of water? Maybe four. Okay. Liters. What? Yeah, I guess four liters. Yeah. Okay, what kind of food are you bringing with you? Just snacks. He finds some type of safe zone to cook something. You can't just say snacks, be like what you you gotta think. Whatever you bring with you has got to give you enough energy to move on to your next point. So a bag of Cheetos, hot Cheetos might work, but how long is that gonna keep you energized? How long? Okay. So what kind of food would you bring with you? Hopefully, cooked food, sealed food, you know. I don't know, man. I'm just throwing things out there, man. All right, how long? All right, so let's say you before you left out the house, right? Mm -hmm. You took out some steak, some drumsticks, some chicken cutlets. You cooked all that up. You ain't bring no vegetables with you. Mm -hmm. But you put all that meat in the containers. How many pounds of that, that, that food would you be able to bring with you? Uh, depends on how big the container is, but I say a decent amount, a, a good quarter of that. So would say six containers, yeah, six six Tupperware joints. Mm-hmm. Or let's just say you did it different and you wrapped it up in plastic wrap. Okay, makes it easy to carry. Yeah. So how many pounds of that would you take? With you? As much as much as I, that could fit my bag. To be <laughs> well, you got to throw a number out there. We, we, you know, this is all hypothetical for the people. All right, four. Four pounds? Yeah. All right. So you got four pounds in your bag of rations. Mm-hmm. Let's say you got another three pounds of water. So up to seven pounds. Mm-hmm. Then you got another eight pounds of ammunition. Mm-hmm. So you basically you got, what, 17? Let's just round it up to 20 pounds on your backpack. Not counting the weight of your firearm or your machete. Okay. Okay. What kind of clothing you got on? I got on my tactical boots, uh, my body armor. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you going to do to protect your arms, neck, legs? And how much does your body armor weigh? My body armor weighs, uh, Jesus, let's just say I, uh, 50, 60 pounds, maybe. Your body armor weighs that much? I don't know. I'm just... I'm just no, done. how much is the body armor you wear now? How much is that weight? Because mind, no, you're not good. worrying about a tactical um, chest plate. Maybe 20 pounds. Okay, so 20 pounds plus the. I mean, I'm wearing I'm, I'm wearing long johns and 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 um. I don't know pants called again. Cargo pants. Okay. I'm wearing like a long sweater. Maybe I can. Maybe I could buy some knee pads, some elbow pads or something. <laughs> no, you gotta have you gotta work with what you got. Ah oh, damn. <laughs> I ain't got much for the hoodie. <laughs> All right, so let's say on your person right now you got 40 pounds of extra weight counting everything you put on. Mm-hmm. And you've got to move with that. Have you ever moved with 40 pounds on your body? And in, in that type of scenario, no. No, period. I'm pretty sure I have. Well, think about it. All right. I know when I went for, when I was doing corrections, right? Mm-hmm. We had to put on a 40-pound body weight and walk up a flight of steps, which was, you know, a step machine. For, I think it was at that time, three and a half minutes nonstop. You can't hold on to the sides. That's just going up the steps. So, mind you, that same weight you got on is going to hinder you from running if you have to run. So, from where you live, to the Staten Island Ferry, 
With that weight on you and your rations, how far do you think you would get while you're at the same time fighting? I'm gonna need a vehicle, yo. <laughs> Even if it means I gotta drive on sidewalks and shit. <laughs> All right, so let's say, let's say, for argument's sake, we're gonna give you the best scenario. You get out. Got all this weight on, you're able to take it off. You find a car. How long do you think using that car would whatever? Let's say you only got half a tank of gas. Would you be able to make it to the Staten Island Ferry with that half a tank? I'll say yes and no, but if I had to make a pit stop, I'll try to do it close to my vicinity real quick. Okay, well, remind, remember, you're not the only one trying to do this. I know. And you know, if I see a gas station, I try to rob as much as I can with food and everything else put in the car. Well, yeah. if it's for if it's for survival, are you still robbing and stealing? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't agree with that. Only because if you're trying to survive, even if you don't have a, an apocalypse going on, if you're stealing in order to survive, I, I wouldn't call that stealing. Because you're only gonna take what you need to live. It's not like you're running up in the bank taking a million dollars. Okay. I knew that. So, do you think your chances of making it to the Staten Island Ferry are good? By yourself? It's good, but it's not too good. So, out of 100%, what do you think your chances are percentage-wise? 25%. <laughs> All right, so you you stole a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. What capacity of people can you carry in that vehicle? Depends on the nature of the vehicle. It depends if it's a two-seater, four-seater. All right, you got an SUV. Okay. You're able to pick up a Cadillac Escalade. Okay. How many people can you carry in that vehicle? Oh, I'm going to say at least a total of uh, six. All right, so let's say... You only want to take three other people. Mm -hmm. Y'all all got the same equipment on you, right? You said you got a 25% chance of making it, right? Mm -hmm. With the other three people, how much, what, what percentage does that raise you as far as getting to that ferry? It depends if they are helping or hindering me. They're all helping. They're all doing their part. Okay. I mean, that's the case then. I say maybe to thirty-five percent per person. I'm saying total for everybody. So you started twenty-five. You added three people, so now you're at a forty percent survival rate. Mm -hmm. Is that good enough for you to make it to the ferry? Well, we're gonna try. I'm gonna hope so. Okay. So overall, anybody else that's in your same position, let's say there's ten other groups of people doing that. Out of those 10 groups of people, how many groups do you think would actually make it? I'm going to say lucky if it's four groups. All right, four groups. Why only four groups? I mean, uh, besides survival and killing each other to make it? Yeah. That'll do it. That'll cut down the numbers a lot, not just the zombies. Okay, so y'all, you make it to your Staten Island Ferry, right? Mm -hmm. It's there. It's fully gassed up. Who's going to pilot it? Well, I, don't, I don't even know, man. Do you know how to navigate over water? No. So from Brooklyn, would you, uh, and if you've ever been to the ferry, mm. have you ever been on the ferry? Yeah, of course. All right. So can you see Staten Island from the where you get on? Can you see Staten Island when you get on? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you see a glimpse of it. All right, so let's say you're navigating by line of sight. Mm -hmm. Would that increase or decrease your odds of making it to Staten Island? It would, it would increase it. All right, so you make it to Staten Island. What type of domicile are you looking for to hold up in? A house, maybe, something that's sturdy. What kind of house? Two-story house. Why two stories? I just didn't know about that. <laughs> You just uh -huh. want to have a you want to have a view of the neighborhood and everything. See where everything is at. All right, so you want to have two stories so you can have a overview of what you where you're at, right? Yeah. 
Right, so you're in that house. How do you barricade yourselves? With with the furniture in there. You block all the doors, all the entryways. What about the windows? Oh, yeah, that's not guard the windows. <laughs> well, the windows get the wind when you get to the place, the windows are all broken. Now what? Try to get some wood, find some hammer and nail, be creative. Where are you gonna get the wood from in the house. Oh, you gotta look around. It might not even be wood. It might be just something I could just block the, the entryway in the window. Okay, so they got a, a kitchen table. What do you need to have in order to put that kitchen table up against the window? You take off the legs and uh, go to the window. All right, well, you, you get it up to the window. What would you say you do with those legs? I guess help it keep it keep the table balanced so that much as they come through on the other side. Why do you need to balance the thing up against the window? I don't know, man. You're redragging this thing out right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, because see, this is something. See, what I'm saying is, I think if something like this took place, the majority of the people on this planet would die. Yeah, I know. I'm just giving out optimistic numbers. <laughs> right, but I'm, I'm trying to work with those. Op- All right, see me? If I got to that place and the windows were still intact, mm-hmm. I would hope that there were certain tools in the area and in, in that house that would help make this possible. So some right. basic tools would be a hammer, some nails, hopefully some type of saw. Mm-hmm. Some type of saw. It doesn't matter what kind, hand saw, chain saw. Some I could use to cut wood up into pieces. I would need some hammer and some nails in order to secure that to the to the window. Now, as far as the electricity goes, you know electricity is going to eventually go out, right? Yeah. So how would you stay warm in that house? Uh, create a little fireplace, I guess. Are they, they got to uh, keep the stove on? You know. Yeah, so let's say you got there. Let's say it happened this week. And you actually made it to a house the following week. Mm-hmm. How long do you think utilities will last before you have to rough it for real? A couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. See how lucky you get. All right. So let's say you got there in two weeks and utilities last for another 10 weeks. What you going to do after that? I'll try to keep moving. Well, unless, unless somebody... Who's in the group knows how to take care of that stuff. All right, so you're moving. How do you recognize if water is good or not? And if it's not good, what do you do? Man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like you just got to play. Everything is instinct in that time period, man. Like, I can't even tell you what to do, what what we should do. Everything is going to be straight instinct. All right, so instinct is based off of knowledge, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So in order to have that instinct, what knowledge does do individuals need to have in order to try to survive this apocalypse? Well, most people, you know, who have a trade, you know, if you didn't have any type of trade, that'll help out in any apocalypse. All right. So what trade will help out? Uh, you know, electrician, carpentry, refrigeration. Well, you said in 10 weeks, there's no more electricity. How's that electrician help? Maybe he can find a way to fix the grid. Maybe. I don't know. The whole fucking grid? Oh, man. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I have no The clue. whole grid. Just being optimistic here. Well, optimism, I really don't know. Optimism is great when you look at the first world nation we live in right now. But now optimism is out the window because, now, all right, so... If you found a water source, right, and you would and and you were able to bring water back to the house, mm-hmm. my question is: Would you pour that water into cups and drink it automatically? No, um, we have to boil the water first. Okay, that's that's one thing. That's definitely a good look right there. Mm-hmm. All right, so. You brought four pounds of rations with you. How long do you think that's going to last you? Being disciplined about it. 
maybe a week or two. So now you got to get food. Yep. Where you getting it from? We robbing stores, checking houses, everything. So what kind of risk? Well, okay, so when you do this, are you doing it in daytime or the nighttime? Not daytime. Why daytime? And also you could have a better view of any type of threats. Well, those threats can see you too. I know. So what are your chances in the daytime? I was going to say 50-50 because I don't know. All right, so what about at night then? What are your chances then? I say they're a little bit greater because it's at night because you're hiding in the shadows, but, you know, it really just depends. Well, of course, at night, your visibility is cut down. Yeah. You know, that's bricking here, y'all. Like, whoa. Well, think about that brickness you're feeling right now, right? It's the apocalypse. That's how it's feeling inside. What you going to do to warm up? Still in blankets, yo. <laughs> okay. Still in blankets, the sun. God damn, it's snowing out here for real. Shit. Bro, we supposed to have a snowstorm tomorrow, bro. <laughs> oh, y'all about to be trashed. Which is funny because I actually got a fight tomorrow. <laughs> that shit might be canceled. She might get stuck in my crib, yo. <laughs> no, you ain't upset about that. What's the point? I asked you so, so as far as the apocalypse or any worldwide catastrophe is concerned. How prepared do you think people are for such catastrophes? A good portion isn't. Okay, and why would you say that? Because uh, living this first world lifestyle, they don't prepare you for no, no type of threats like that. We don't know how to cook. I mean, we don't know how to farm or kill food. All that is done for us and put it in the city. All right, so what skills would you say that people need to start to acquire now? to survive any type of apocalypse? Uh, hunting, gardening, um, shooting, of course. Well, I would say the gardening will come later on, but definitely the shooting. Mm. What, what type of shape do you think these people need to be in? That should be in now. So let's, let's look at the shape from a cardiovascular point of view. All right. How many straight miles would you say each person needs to know how to run in order to have any real survivability? Uh, maybe two to four miles. Straight running. Two to four miles straight run. Yeah, just give them something small. Well, I mean, we're not talking about any specific destination. I know specific destination, but just to see how where they at, you know, where they stand at as of right now. Fucking breaking here, man. <laughs> so overall, would you say most people have a good chance of surviving? I say a small amount do. All right, so let's let's look at it as a, from a city, suburban, and rural standpoint. Mm-hmm. Out of 100% of the people in the city, how many do you think would survive? Maybe 15%. Okay, that's fair. What about in the suburban set? i say maybe 25%. Okay, and a rural? Oh, they way better than all of us. Hmm. <laughs> 75%. All right, that's that's a pretty good, that's a pretty big number. So, in general, what do you think people should look to move or live in in their lifetime? Just knowing that there's something that might come along that's going to hinder their current way of life. Oh, they should move to uh, a, a small town and population is like a thousand or less. Okay, so would that town be suburban or rural? 
That would definitely be rural. Okay. Well, see, you know, I know somebody right now that she has her own well, her own source of water. Mm -hmm. So she's not dependent on the water system for clean water. All right. So her chances of survival go up because she's not dependent on any type of grid to eat. I mean, to drink. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say that they, this individual or individuals such as her need to increase that survivability is to switch some portion of their power to solar or wind generator, which is really not that expensive. That would be better. Now, mind you, you still are in an open space in a rural environment. <clears throat> but I also think that most people living in a rural setting have the tools that would be needed to barricade themselves in or create some type of perimeter for themselves. Mm-hmm. Not the same way. It, you might be able to do the same thing in a suburban. You might be, and this is a long shot, you might be able to do that in a city setting. But okay. I honestly believe that in the city, during some type of major catastrophe, some global epidemic, mm-hmm. your chance of survival will go down. I mean, the coronavirus is kind of like showing that to us right now. The more heavily populated the area is, the more chances you are, you have of contracting or being affected by what's going on. But ironically, the most popular places for people to live are in these big cities. Mm. That means a lot of people want to die on. Yeah, so would you say that living in the city is really all that convenient? At least not convenient for survival, though. But people think they're surviving it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do, but that's neither here or there. So what type of, as far as hunting goes, what type of skills do you think somebody needs to have in place? And I'm going to take out using a firearm as being part of that. Um, bone arrows, uh, spears, tracking. Well, you're taking it way back if you use the spears, bro. <laughs> That's at least 20 people in your group. <sighs> and you're going to need the 20 people in order to barricade that animal into one place and you're using a spear on for the most part, possibly large game. What about fishing skills? Well, that's definitely that. You need that. No. Well, what do you need to fish? Bait. You need a rod and reel? You need a line, you need a rail, you need bait. Well, you ain't got a reel, you got line, so what do you need to use for that line? Hmm. Well, the easy answer for that, you need a, a, a solid piece of wood. Something you can wrap the line around. Okay. Your bait can be almost anything. The easiest bait is to dig into the earth and pull out worms. You can even use some insects, some large insects in your area. All you need to do is throw that line into a body of water with the bait on it. And with the wood, mm-hmm. once, you get a, once you get a pull, you just start winding it in. Do that too. But as far as hunting, you definitely know how to use a, a snare trap. Simple snare. And that's for catching small, small prey, rabbits, squirrels, um, even large fox, um, even small foxes. Yeah, how that thing work. Okay, now you also need some type of device to boil the water in but let's say you need to capture water what would you need what would you use to capture water <laughs> see you think like, I'm laughing because with all your line of question I just want to say fuck it just like <laughs> fuck it I'm dead yo it's a wrap I love y'all I'm out I'm about to bite you later. 
Fuck the bullshit. I said, like, damn, so like, fuck it, so like, living is this hard, man. <laughs> but the bottom line, but, but overall, you, you actually realize how hard it might be to survive any type of catastrophe worldwide. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, let's just think about something like, let's say that there was some type of electromagnetic pulse that happened. And what happens with an electromagnetic pulse is that it kills all electronics. And electronics pretty much run everything we do. Mm -hmm. So when your electronics are done, how do you tell what time it is? Who knows how to do that? How do you make batteries? (laughs) Exactly. What do you need to make a battery? I can't answer that. Yeah, I mean, I can, but it's, it's kind of long. But I wouldn't be thinking about trying to make a battery because it's, it's a whole lot of work. This, the tools and the supplies I need are like kind of ridiculous. And I definitely couldn't do it by myself in a short period of time. Yeah, that's true. So when we're talking about basic skills needed to survive, what skills do you think people need basic to survive a catastrophe? Uh, you know, just uh, definitely hunting, definitely um, tracking. How to navigate. Yeah, navigate, tracking, all that good stuff. Well, what would you know? What would you use to navigate? Besides the GPS, um, GPS don't work. All electronics are done. Nah, put your finger in your mouth and then just you know put it in the air. Like, <laughs> man, the only thing you gonna do after you put your finger in your mouth is, <laughs> oh, daddy, you funny. But a compass. Everybody should have a compass. Mm-hmm. All right, well, as far as bladed tools go, what kind of bladed tools do you think everybody should have? Knife, machete. Okay. What about a hatchet? Definitely a hatchet. Okay. Axe, hatchet. Okay. Um, what type of outerwear do you think these people need to have? Cargo pants, knee pads, shoulder pads, helmet. Just to be safe. Man, you got you got these dudes looking like they in the women's football league. <laughs> Mind you, I think they need to broadcast those shows a lot more, but that's just from a man's point of view. But I'm, I'm going to run down some of the things that you definitely should have in place. Basic hunting skills without having to use a firearm. You should know how to use a bow and arrow, if not a crossbow. You should have a basic idea of how to track and trap animals. When mm-hmm. I say trap and track, you're using snare lure, snare arm traps, or even pit traps. So that you could, but you got to know how to read um, animal trails. You got to know what, if they leave, if they're leaving droppings along the way, how fresh are those droppings and how, how, more, how much likely you are to leave a trap in that area to catch something. You need basic fire tools, how to make a fire. Mm-hmm. Basic shelter building tools, because you might not always have the, avail- the availability to move into a domicile. As far as navigation goes, well, ironically, most of the navigation that people have learned has been through nighttime um, excursion. How to track the stars? How to move by using the stars? During the daytime, what mostly what most likely happens is you're using the position of the sun. Now, in this country that we live in, they don't teach you none of that, none of that at all. If you're lucky, you have a family member that teaches you these things. But for the most part, if an apocalypse happened, most people are going to turn on each other, and that's going further reduce your survival rate because now you can't trust everybody. And then when you consider the the realistic fact that the colonizers that moved into this country 
have a history of cannibalism, how likely do you think that as a melanized person, your chances increase or decrease? Because you said you watched The Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then they have a whole season where they had a group of people that were just eating each other. I mean, they probably did. It's like so many seasons, I can't even tell you. Season eight through ten, if I'm correct. I think yeah, my favorite season I think was between seven through ten because it's, that's that's when Negan got involved. Negan was Negan's group. been on it since going up to season eleven. Not tomorrow. I think he started season seven though. Yeah. So from seven but, on up. But even his group of people weren't cannibalizing other people. Yeah, I know. But then you got a movie that I remember that, you know, a lot of people call it a failure, Waterworld. i never seen it. Oh, a whole lot of cannibalism going on there because the earth flooded. There were no land masses anymore, so everybody had to live at sea. Mm-hmm. So you had to have a rudimentary ability to build rafts, boats, keep yourself afloat while learning how to fish and get dried wood or how to dry out wood to create a fire to eat that fish. Okay. Yeah, it's a jacked up movie. I have no plans on watching it. (laughs) (laughs) No plans on watching it, so... Yeah. So overall, do you think people need to be prepared for such things? Uh, I mean, they should prepare for emergencies, regardless of what level of emergency it is. Just know how to know your exits, your entrance. Okay. So let's talk about an emergency that happens in the in, in New York City from time to time, every couple of years. Which is? Blackouts. Blackouts? I just stay in the house. Yeah, but how do you cook? Uh, we just eat what's already, um, well, you got a blackout that lasts a whole week. You can't cook in the house because there's no electricity. Because even if you have a gas stove, it gets ignited through an electrical spark. So in a house that has gas heating or gas, a gas stove, what do you need to have in the house in order to spark that flame? Uh, lighter. A light. Yeah. Okay. Because once you turn the gas on, the gas is coming out. You just got to use a lighter to spark that flame. Mm-hmm. But you have no electricity. So remember, water is generated through electrical means. Okay. So what people need to do in the city is if the blackout occurs, the first thing you need to do, fill that bathtub up with water. Fill that sink up with water. Fill up every container you got with water. Because you can go a week or two without eating, but you can only go three days without drinking water. Wow. Then when you think about other little things like uh, people still got to pee and shit. You still going to pee in that water source that's your toilet? Still going to shit in it? Oh, God. I'm saying these are things that these are things that people don't think about because when you live in a first world country you think all these things are are natural common now when you said things like people in the third world they probably got a better chance they probably do but I would honestly have to say anybody living in the city you're screwed you're fucked Kiss your ass goodbye. Because especially when you live in New York City where the majority of the population don't have guns, don't own a machete, mm-hmm. don't own a long-bladed knife, how are you going to defend yourself? How many people you think really got bats in their house or their apartment? Bats, golf clubs, something. Something. But again, this isn't something that's see what what this what first world countries fail to do in the general curriculum 
is teach survival skills to people because they want you dependent on what they give you. Mm-hmm. They give you the impression that this is going to last forever and you don't have to worry about it. But when I was in New York City, I forget what year it was, but I got off the train, which ironically was still running, but my area had a blackout. And that was that time when the national power grid went down from, I think it was Indiana, all the way across to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So what I saw a lot of people doing was random barbecues outside. Just took all the meat they had out the house and barbecued and they were feeding everybody else around. Some people had bottles of water, so they were giving out water. You can forget about taking a bath or a shower right now. So you got to understand that after about a week's time of that, everybody's going to smell like an ass. If you can't Uh, flush your toilet, where you going to shit and piss at? I won't even look in the bathroom, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just just burn the whole thing down. (laughs) Well, just hope you got a couple of garbage bags that you can shit in. But even after you do that, where do you put it? Because you could always pee out the window. I mean, men, we could just pee out the window. I don't think too many females would be too comfortable sticking their behind out the window and taking a dump or a piss. <laughs> I don't think so either. Be a whole lot of behinds in the windows eventually. Well, look, Ma, it's raining ass. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, shit, Ma, look, it's Doodle coming out that ass. Move! Doodle, bro. You look out your window and you have all kinds of shit on your windowsill. Dude, bro. So after you after you done went through your supply of paper towels, what you gonna do to get rid of it? Man, I don't even wanna think about this shit no more. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's depressing as fuck, yo. Well, I mean, it, it's depressing as fuck, and I'm I'm gonna admit to that that it is. But what it gives an understanding to is that most people in this world have no idea what it takes to survive outside of being in the first world. This is true. And when you look at a city setting, you don't have a lot of waterways. You don't have a lot of bodies of wood. You don't have a lot of people that own axes or chainsaws in order to get those supplies that they need to survive. True. Right. I mean, you live if you live in an apartment, what do you think the need of a chainsaw is? Uh, you live in an apartment. What do you think the need of a, a machete is? Mm. But the way most people think is I'm only going to buy what I need. Why not buy what you need for life and hope you never have to use it? Because even that chainsaw works on fuel. So it'd be better to have an axe or a saw. Oh, you're right. Let me ask you this. You ever chop a tree down? No. I've chopped a tree down. It's not easy. I'm sure. I did this at what? I think I was 11, 12 when I did it. And I was excited like, oh, my God, I'm from the hood. I'm about to chop a tree down. Yeah. Yo, fam. It took 10 of us damn near a week to chop a small ass tree down. And when we got to the point where it was ready to fall, mm-hmm. we needed to grab a bunch of people, like at least out of the 10, at least six of them had to grab some rope and pull on the tree while somebody else was chopping at it to make it fall in the right position. And that's with a hand, a, a regular axe. Mm. I'm done, yo. Yo, let's have this podcast. <laughs> okay, so, I yo, get it. we're fucked. We're so, so yo, fucked. <laughs> you in public. Basically, the whole point of this excursion was is, is to start people thinking about what you need for your basic survival outside of what your city or municipality affords you. Because they afford you to live comfortably, but they don't offer you the ability to survive on your own. So get those tools that you need to have in place to do that. You live in a city, go get you an axe. Go get you a machete. 
Understand how to chop a tree down, how to get wood um, procured. Understand the basics of creating a fire. Get you a flint. Matter of fact, go get you some iodine pills to drop in water so you can purify it. Have you a big old pot that you never use, but you can put a whole bunch of water in to boil it out to have palatable water. Palatable, yeah. But, you know, that was my whole purpose of bringing this topic to my man, Casual Ninja. So that those of y'all that actually listen to this, don't look at it lightly. Don't think that this was just some random topic. But this topic was all about survival. And we're fucked. <laughs> so fucked. Yeah, most of y'all are. Uh-huh. Yeah. Put your pants down because you asked out. So now There's that you much. realize you're fucked and why, you can look at the whys and increase your survivability rate. <laughs> That's the podcast. <laughs> it is. Till next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.